Here's something you may have experienced as you seek to walk with God. Being faithful to God means being faithful to declare an unpopular message. Have you experienced that? Have you ever tried to communicate the truth, but you were rejected? Well, Ezekiel was faithful to do just that, even when it meant the loss of his wife. How faithful are we to follow the Lord and deliver his message. Stephen called this lesson, Bad News and More Bad News. If you've ever had to deliver bad news to somebody, you probably spent some anxious moments trying to decide exactly how to do it and when to deliver the news, perhaps how to begin your conversation. Imagine how difficult it would be to spend most of your life giving people bad news. Well, you know, in a way, that was the life and ministry of the prophet Ezekiel. And we're now in chapter 22, and he's about to deliver more bad news to the exiles about uh, God's coming judgment of Judah and its capital, Jerusalem. In fact, the chapter opens with Ezekiel saying, Well, the chapter opens with God saying to Ezekiel here in verse 2, Will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. In other words, Ezekiel is being called here to act as a prosecuting attorney or a judge to bring an indictment against Jerusalem, which here represents, frankly, all of Judah. Chapter 20 was the evidence presented in court, as it were, detailing that long history we went through quickly of Israel's rebellion against God. But now it's the sins of this current generation that are presented as evidence. And the bad news is they're all guilty as charged. Now, there's a long list of sins presented here in verses 3 through 12, and leading the list are bloodshed, and idolatry. Now, because of these two sins in particular, the Lord now says in verse 4, The appointed time of your years has come. I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mockery. One Bible scholar wrote, rather than loving God, they had turned to idolatry, and their love for fellow Israelites had been replaced by treachery. Well said. The politicians and religious leaders frankly, have led the way. They're guilty of executing innocent people, treating parents hatefully, taking advantage of orphans and widows. They, they've practiced idolatry and financial fraud and adultery, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But no matter how bad those sins are, listen, here's the big one. The Lord says to them here in verse 12, but me you have forgotten. Well, all of this evidence is overwhelming, the verdict is guilty, and the sentence is now pronounced here in verse 15. I will scatter you among the nations. Verse 21 describes this judgment poetically. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst of it. Listen, beloved, God is not only a God of deliverance, He's also a God of justice. And let me tell you, to this day, the world doesn't want to hear this bad news. 
the world uh, still chooses to sin, the world still follows this same list. Idolatry, immorality, fraud, bribery, cruelty, greed, lust, and on and on and on. And here's the big one. The world has forgotten God. Whenever a person or a nation forgets about God, the restraints are released. They're gone, and everything is permissible. But the consequences are going to remain the same. A person's life is going to self-destruct. A nation is going to self-destruct. Well, now in a second prophecy, the Lord says here in verse 18, the house of Israel has become dross to me. Well, now here the Lord pictures a furnace into which metal ore is placed for refinement. And the Israelite people are are like this worthless dross, the impurities that float to the surface and then are skimmed away. Only in this case, the dross is going to be put back into the fire again. Well, with that, we arrive at Ezekiel chapter 23, and we find the entire chapter is an allegory picturing Judah's political adultery. God's people have been seeking protection from pagan nations rather than the Lord. This is, this is spiritual uh, infidelity. Now, he illustrates it by introducing two sisters to us, Ahola and Aholibah. Ahola represents the city of Samaria. That's Israel's capital, and that's long since been conquered by Assyria. Aholibah represents Jerusalem, Judah's capital. Now, these these two sisters are pictured here as women who enthusiastically uh, give themselves over to prostitution. Ahola lusted after the Assyrians, and verse 7 says, she defiled herself with all the idols of everyone after whom she lusted. As a result, verse 10 tells us that she was given over to these Assyrian lovers who basically end up killing her. Now, even though Aholibah, that's, remember, Jerusalem and Judah, even though she saw what happened to her sister, she continues prostituting herself to these pagan nations as well. And she invites their idolatrous practices, bringing it all back into Jerusalem. And the Lord says here in verse 22, I will stir up against you your lovers from whom you turned in disgust, and I will bring them against you. Down in verse 35, the Lord says to her, Because you have forgotten me, you yourself must bear the consequences of your lewdness and whoring. Then again in verse 49, he says, You shall bear the penalty for your sinful idolatry, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. Now, that's actually good news. In other words, God is saying, You're going to find out one day, I didn't go anywhere, you left me, but I'm still here. You might forget me, God is saying, but you can't erase me. Well, now here in chapter 24, the judgment arrives. The first verse gives the precise date. The Lord's word comes to Ezekiel. In the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, write down the name of this day, this very day. Well, now on our calendar today, this would be January 588 B.C., and on this very day, the Babylonian king came up against Jerusalem. 
Now, he describes it here poetically as a boiling pot of water with pieces of meat in it. The, the pot or the cauldron represents Jerusalem. And it, it's described here as, as corroded and, and rusted. The pieces of meat represent the people who are taken from the pot one by one. This indicates they're going to be removed from the city. And then when the pot is finally empty, we're told here it's burned up. This portrays the burning of Jerusalem, which is utterly consumed by fire. Imagine, by the way, just just imagine how bad this bad news was to the people of Judah and the exiles who are hoping that the city is going to survive as the Lord is delivering this message here in verse 14. He clarifies, in case there's any doubt, I will do it. I will not go back. I will not spare. I will not relent. According to your ways and your deeds, you will be judged. Obviously, this is this is tragically, horrifically bad, bad news. Well, now, having given this prophecy through Ezekiel, the Lord now has an extremely painful assignment for his prophet. The Lord says to Ezekiel here in verse 16, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you. In other words, Ezekiel's wife is about to die. Now, we don't know if she's been sick for some time or if this is going to be something sudden, but here's the Lord's painful assignment. He tells Ezekiel that he is not to mourn or outwardly grieve her death. Well, sure enough, Ezekiel's wife dies that same night. And when the exiles ask about Ezekiel's strange response, well, there's no tears, there's no sorrow. Ezekiel explains to them here in verse 21, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the delight of your eyes and your sons and your daughters whom you left behind, that is in Jerusalem, shall fall by the sword, and you shall do as I have done. Verse 23, you shall not mourn or weep. Well, just as Ezekiel was devastated with the loss of his wife, uh, the captives in Jerusalem, these exiles are, are going to be devastated by Jerusalem's destruction and, and the massacre of their children that follows. But they're going to be so overwhelmed with this. They're going to be overwhelmed. They're going to be struck with the reality that this judgment against them was deserved. You know, these chapters, frankly, are filled with, with bad news and, and more bad news. But these chapters also remind us that God is holy. God will eventually judge sin. And by the way, here's a question that we need to answer. What chance do you have when you stand before a holy God. Well, I want to tell you, you don't stand a chance unless you have found salvation in the Son of God who already took all the judgment of our sin on his own body there on the cross. He died for you. He paid for your sins so that you could be spared eternal judgment from God, which is why we're going to praise his name one day forever. Well, with that, we've come to the end of Ezekiel's prophecies of God's judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. And now the book is going to shift gears in the next chapter. And that'll be next time in our wisdom journey. But until then, 
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called today's lesson from Ezekiel 22 through 24, Bad News and More Bad News. I hope it encouraged you as you seek to walk faithfully with God through your life. If you have a comment, a question, or would like more information, you can send us an email if you address it to info at wisdomonline.org. Of course, we'd be very interested to learn how God's using the wisdom journey to build you up in your faith. Please take a few minutes and write to us. Again, it's info at wisdomonline.org. Write today and then join us next time on The Wisdom Journey.